Is there anything worse than a soggy breakfast burrito? I think it was Brad Pitt who said BLTs are, like you can't go wrong with a BLT. and He could have a BLT at any time. It's his go-to food. For me, it is a breakfast burrito. And when I get a breakfast burrito and it looks like a soiled diaper, it just completely ruins my day. Okay, before we get to your questions, I, I want to apologize in advance. Um, there are gardeners outside, and I can't do anything about this. Um, I live in a cul-de-sac, and there's gardening happening every day. You know, I should get with the neighbors and say, hey, can we just all mow our lawns on one day? Um, so every day, there is some kind of blowing or gardening happening, and... uh if it's not that, it's parrots, have you heard, uh, as you've heard. So um, there may be some – and if it's not parrots and if it's not gardeners, then uh, the pipes in my garage studio are running because uh, someone inside the house is running water, forgetting that I told them that I am podcasting. Anyway, today's episode is going to be answering your questions. I've got a, a huge backlog of questions, and your, your questions are – um, I think they're one of the most powerful ways to create a dialogue and throw the widest net I can because your questions are real and so many can relate to what you're going through, I'm sure. So thank you for asking your questions. Um, I got a few in front of me. First question is, what does a healthy relationship feel like compared to a codependent one? And this is a great question. So uh, many who are in codependent relationships are not aware they're in codependent relationships until um, a codependent relationship, I should say, they're usually in one, until they go through it, realize it's unhealthy, come out the other side, you know, find themselves in an Al-Anon meeting or something, and then realize, oh, in looking back, I now see with new lenses the enmeshment, the dysfunction, you know, all of that stuff, right? And I see how those patterns can be traced to um, many relationships in my life before this one. And also, many people in healthy relationships don't realize that they're in a healthy relationship because it's new, it's different, and what they're used to is uh, dysfunctional or unhealthy relationships, right? And so they may label that relationship, the healthy relationship, as boring or as unsure, you know? And so a lot of times this happens – well, this happens – I'm going to say a lot of times, but when it happens, it happens because um, – there is logic, and then there is our, our body, right? And logically, we know things, but our body does not because our body is still living in the past, right? Our body is the hot stove um, that's, that thinks it's still hot. <laughs> like our, our, our body needs to be rewired to know, if that makes sense. So what does a healthy relationship feel like compared to a codependent one? Well, once you've uh, gone on, you know, your your own inner journey and you've come out the other side and and you've given your body a new experience where you're like, oh, this is what healthy feels like. Then you will know that healthy looks like or actually feels like. I shouldn't say looks like because that's not logical. Um, feels like safety. Healthy feels like. And, and by the way, uh, it's different for everyone, right? I'm just giving you what, what I think or what I feel. Uh, for you, it may be different. But I guarantee you our definitions overlap, right? So 
broad strokes, healthy equals safety, uh, healthy equals feeling heard, feeling seen, healthy equals you finally or the first time having the ability to express yourself. And when you do, uh, nothing is taken away, right? Uh, when you do, there are no consequences. Healthy equals people trying to understand before trying to be understood. Healthy equals responses, not reactions. Healthy equals being held, not grabbed. So those are some of the, the things that healthy relationships feel like. Broad strokes. Now, you may have more to that definition. I don't know. Um, and of course, I do too. But for the sake of time, those are some of the big ones. Next question. Am I supposed to know when I found the one? I feel like he's the one, but I'm scared. All right. I want to get up and flip a table every time I hear about the quote-unquote one, this idea of the one. Um, I think that uh, commercials, advertising, I don't know, Hallmark cards, Disney movies have programmed us to believe that there is this one person that is going to save us or there's this one person that we're meant to be with forever. And I get that it's romantic, right? I used to believe that as well. But, I mean, I believed that when I got married and that was not the case, <laughs> right? Um, there, there's also something very dangerous about this mindset. When you believe that there's, there's only one person in this world for you, uh, there's a lot of pressure, right? Um, you may do things that compromise your own self, your own growth, because you feel like you're supposed to be with this person forever. There's a permanent permanence that can act as a, a, a fence, you know, or I would say a ceiling to stunt your growth. Um, the one doesn't exist. I, I wouldn't buy into this concept. Uh, what I would buy into is um, the one is who you are choosing to love right now. So instead of thinking there's only one person for you, and, and the other way, the other the other way that this uh, is very dangerous is if you're single and you're and you believe in the one, you're going to be narrow. You know, you're not going to be wide and you're, go, you're going to be very, um, come into things very loaded and judgmental and, um, it's all bad. So, uh, the one is the person that you are choosing to love right now. The one also creates us to, um, compare, you know, if we're with someone and we think this person's the one or maybe not the one, if we are judging, evaluating, we're now comparing this person to either real exes in the past or idea, our idea of someone. Um, and, and it's comparison always pulls you out, right? It doesn't make you present when you're comparing. It's also not fair to the relationship and the other, and the person you're choosing to love. So how are you supposed to know when you found the one, the one in front of you is the one, okay? The one you are choosing to love based on how you feel, instinct, wisdom, you know, whatever, whatever you base your decisions on, the person that you're choosing to love right now is the one. You also say that uh, you feel like he's the one, but you're scared. And this is the more important thing to look at is where is this fear coming from? Why are you afraid? Is this fear a pattern? Because chances are if you feel like someone is quote-unquote the one or if you feel like this is going to be something that you really uh, want to invest in, 
yeah, there may be fears, and those fears may be tied to um, a fear of intimacy. You know, you may be uh, afraid that that you have to truly show yourself. You you may have a fear of rejection. You know, all these things are going to come up. So explore that. So don't focus on who's the one or who is if he is the one or not. Focus more on the fears that's coming up. Follow all those strings down. Do it with the therapist, and you're going to have a lot of revelations. And this is where your road forks, where you can then make new choices. You know, swim past the breakers, sit in all this uncomfortableness and resistance. And on the other side of that is going to be growth. And you're going to bring more to the table. And then this person that you're choosing to love may be the one. Not because the universe says, but because you are putting the work in and making it the one. Next question. How do you know if you feel, um, how do you know if what you feel is a trigger from fear? from the past or instinct due to red flags? Yeah, this is a great question. Also, um, really complicated. How do you know something is a trigger, right, from your story and what you've been through? Or how do you know if it's a legit red flag? I would say uh, drop into your body and really explore this thing that is triggering. And you're not going to know until you really start to explore it. Um, the first hint that it's a part of your story and not a red flag is that if the trigger that keeps coming up um, is a pattern that happens for you, you know, um, and it's just it, it, it may or may not be. I don't know. But but uh, uh, um, it, it may or may not be tied to um, this being a real fear instead of an instinct of a, of a red flag. But, it you know, it goes back to this self-awareness question, uh, which is how much of this is mine to own? How much of it is real? You know, how much of it is, 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 is this mine to own? Um, meaning if you look at your story and your patterns and what comes up, are they reoccurring? You know, is this what's happening in syndication? <laughs> and if that's a fact, uh, explore that and you will see, oh, okay, that's my, my piece. That's stuff that I need to be aware of and take ownership of because it keeps happening, right? And you're the common denominator in all the, the times it keeps happening. Um, red flags. Well, red flags are, are more, um, I think they're more, uh, and you could run it, run, run them by your, your friends and therapists. I think that's also a really, um, a good thing to do to see if the red flags are really red flags or if it's you in your head, uh, you know, um, pulling from distorted thought, right? Or very foggy lenses. Um, obvious red flags, uh, people who are defensive, obvious red flags, um, obviously abuse, you know, any kind of ca character assassination, physical abuse, verbal abuse, all of that. Um, here's a red flag that's, that's kind of subtle, but that's important. Um, the way they treat other people, like in service, uh, busboys, servers, bartenders, if they treat other people like shit, but then treat you well, I don't trust that. <laughs> I think that's a red flag. Um, and of course, there's a lot of uh, red flags that are more specific and micro based on uh, what kind of relationship you want, right? But the big ones are like character-based, um, how they make you feel, how they treat you, uh, how they treat other people. Um, and then, of course, uh, anything abusive, that's that's a big red flag. Uh, for me, one one red flag is if someone doesn't take ownership, if, if someone is very defensive, judgmental, but never owns, right? Never says, you know what, I, 
I'm going to own this piece. This is something that I did wrong, or this is where um, I can see my shortcoming. Uh, because if the reason why that's a red flag is because if someone doesn't have the ability to do that, because it's more than a choice, it's an, it's an ability, uh, the relationship's not going to have legs, you know? And of course, uh, he or she can learn those tools, but a relationship is going to be a lot smoother if you are investing in someone who already has these tools, right? So put less weight on abs and a nice butt and pretty eyes. Actually, a nice butt. Um, you could put a lot of weight on that. I do. I'm, I'm an ass, ass man. <laughs> uh, but no, jokes aside, put up more weight on if the person has the ability to not be defensive, to take ownership. Now, we're all human, you know, and I struggle with I'm defensive a lot, right? So um, you're not looking for someone who's perfect because that doesn't exist. But just generally speaking, who says, okay, my bad. I see this is my piece. Here's how I'm going to work on this piece, right? That's sexy. That's hot. That builds sustainable relationships. Okay. One more question. Um, should I leave my marriage if my husband said I'm not 100% in this marriage? Okay. Well, I would want to know first why. If he's not in this 100%, is that because of choice and he's not feeling it and he's done, right? Because that's one uh, message. Or is he not in it 100% because he doesn't have the ability to, because he's depressed or not happy or still working on himself? Or, you know, like, like there's a difference between choosing to not be in this marriage or not being able to. So if he's choosing not to be in this marriage and he's not that into you, then of course, uh, yeah, I think, I mean, I would explore that more than ultimately, um, if that is that lopsided, I would definitely uh, not be in that relationship, right? But if he is going through a winter, if he's going through something and right now he just can't do everything that is needed, uh, then there's, you know, there's empathy in that, right? There's, there's space for, well, how can I support you? Um, let's, let's get through this together, right? So, uh, yeah. It, it, and, and of course, what I'm talking about is just on the surface. Every marriage is super complicated. So if you're asking me if I should leave your marriage, I don't want to care. I'm not going to give you the answer to that. But a couple questions to ask yourself is, is that a choice that he's making that he's not 100% in? Or is it uh, because of circumstances and where he's at in his life? If it is because of circumstances and where he's at in his life, then I would not leave the marriage. I would stick around. I would be supportive. I would ask him um, how you can be supportive, you know, and also um, express what you need as well, right? And uh, I would be patient and I would do everything I can to see because it's going to play out, you know, time's going to tell. And the other um, part of doing that is if you leave a marriage, you want to leave knowing you did everything you could uh, because if you leave knowing that you did everything you could, you're, you're, you're leaving with a clear conscience. You're not leaving carrying guilt or what ifs. And there's nothing worse than leaving um, a relationship thinking you could have done more. I'm saying this as someone who has left relationships um, too soon or without doing more work. So anyway, thank you for listening. I uh, want to remind you also, uh, if you're not getting my daily text, I send out texts daily to um, anyone who wants them and is willing to sacrifice a latte a month because the texts are uh, five bucks. That $5 goes to the texting platform and um, 
us creating a Google Doc that we also text out to you. So every week's different, a different theme, and then we send a, a Google Doc link to you on Fridays. Oh, I also drop some golden tickets into the um, into the text once in a while, and these golden tickets are free live uh, Zoom classes in the lab or some workshops with me. So get my daily text at theangrytherapist.com. Thank you for asking such honest and amazing questions. Uh, be well.